Chapter Ten of Handy Mandy and Oz by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten, The King of the Silver Mountain. I hear water," worried Handy as Snorpus suddenly vanished around a bend in the corridor. "Oh dear, ear! I do hope we won't have to go swimming again." Then mind your manners," warned the royal ox, giving his horns a little shake. "Remember, it is safer to keep on the right side of kings and giants, and if we are to learn anything about Kerry, we must be extremely patient and polite." A loud gasp interrupted Knox's speech, for Handy Mandy, well in the lead, had also stepped round the bend. Hastening to catch up with her, the ox, too, gave an involuntary exclamation of wonder and astonishment. The silver corridor had brought them into a second cavern, smaller than the entrance cave, but so light and lacy, so bright and beautiful, for once Handy Mandy stood perfectly speechless. The silver sides of the dome-shaped grotto had been carved to show all the historical figures and characters of ancient Oz. Wizards, giants, knights, witches, huntsmen, robbers, kings, queens, and their patient subjects marched in a splendid procession round the walls. Sparkling lavender sand covered the floor, and a lake of shimmering quicksilver took up the entire center, lapping the shore with its swift, soundless waves. On a small island of purest amethyst in the middle of this lake, the king of Silver Mountain reclined at ease. His back was toward the newcomers, and he seemed lost in some deep and entirely satisfactory contemplation. A king, if ever I saw one, breathed Knox moistly in Handy's ear. With a wordless nod, the goat girl agreed, for in this long, indolent, yet majestic figure, Handy felt she was seeing royalty for the first time. The unusual height of the silver monarch was at once apparent, and his tight-fitting suit of deepest purple, without ornament save for his jeweled belt and sword, set off his handsome figure to the best advantage. His hair, of an astonishing thickness, was as silver as his cavern. When he turned his head, as he presently did at a little cough from Snorpus, Handy saw that his eyes were of a clear and piercing violet. Quietly and without hurry, the Silver King rose and, picking up his filigreed crown, set it firmly on his head. Then, retrieving a long-stemmed pipe from a crevice in the rock, he established himself in a seat carved from the amethyst and looked inquiringly across at his visitors. So, he whistled, his eyes sparkling with lively interest, as they rested for a long moment on the goat girl. Two very, very clever travelers. Why do you say that? blurted out Handy and was instantly overcome at her own boldness in speaking to so grand a person. "'The fact that you are here in this cavern proves you are clever,' answered the king, leaning over to fill his pipe in the quicksilver lake. "'You have opened the door in the mountain that does not open. 
past the impassable guardian and keeper of that door snarpus the king's pleasant voice changed so quick and cruelly handy almost lost her balance what have you to say for yourself you lazy boswoke roared his majesty his eyes flashing flinty sparks of purple i'll have you potted for this potted and reduced to a smithering smith do you hear poor snorpus who could not have helped hearing the king's booming sentence dropped to his knees and began pleading explaining and blubbering all in the same breath even Knox, startled as he was, tried to put in a good word for him. But the muttering monarch, paying no attention to any of them, had lifted his silver pipe to his lips, and an enormous bubble was rising from the bowl. Handy, with chattering teeth, watched the bubble grow larger and larger, float off the pipe and hover over the unlucky head of the giant. As Snorpus tried in vain to dodge, the bubble broke with the sound of a doomsday bell enveloping him in a cloudy mist when it cleared away the giant was indeed reduced coming now scarcely to handy's shoulder how about it shall we run whispered the goat girl as the king began to blow another bubble boy do i feel a draught but he's not mad at us answered the ox ducking nervously as the second bubble soared over their heads wait be patient remember the little king as Knox finished speaking the bubble sailed off and away down one of the silver corridors leading away from the royal cavern presently they heard a bell ringing in the distance as the bubble broke and before you could say pop robinson Seventy silver-jacketed little bell-boys came trotting into the cave. "'Take this poor failure to Nifflepock, and see that he is potted,' directed the king sternly, setting down his bubble-pipe. "'Have Timano guard the mountain door, and see that I am not disturbed. Important matters have come up this morning. Important matters!' "'Yes, yes, your highness. It shall be done, your excellency.' mumbled the bell-boys pushing poor snorpus ahead of them watch yourselves watch yourselves warned the little giant as he was rudely hustled out of the royal presence now smiled the silver king positively beaming upon his visitors now we can proceed with our conversation sorry to trouble you with this small matter but discipline as the old army officers will tell you discipline must be maintained huh, sniffed handy mandy under her breath looking with dislike and disillusion at the royal figure on the rocks the giant was right you're a fellow who bear watching fortunately her words did not carry and lazily glancing at them through his long purple lashes the silver king continued his speech since you have so easily entered my mountain he observed blandly i assume you have some powerful magic treasure or appliance in your possession am i right at the sudden forward lurch of the royal ox and handy mandy's surprised expression the king gave a satisfied little nod fine <laughs> fine he chuckled rubbing his hands together briskly and now let us waste no more time 
who sent you what have you to offer as you doubtless know the wizard of what's pays well for magic treasures and formulas wizard choked handy mandy carelessly clapping her iron hand to her forehead and knocking herself over backward wizard she repeated dazedly picking herself up but i thought you were a king i am both stated the owner of the cavern proudly i am king of the silver mountain and also the wizard of what's second in importance only to glinda and the wizard of oz and ha ha it won't be long before i am the only wizard the sole supreme and only wizard of oz not long not long again the silver king rubbed his hands exultantly together i have my secret agents in every kingdom in this country and even in the emerald city of oz he told him impressively i already have the record book of glinda the good sorceress and many more of the magic treasures of oz and soon i will have them all all my agents are clever and i have trained them well but i thought magic was against the law cried nox with an outraged snort i understood no one was allowed to practice magic but ozma glinda and the wizard of oz then why are you here demanded watts sternly you have been practicing magic or you could not have entered this mountain come now let us stop all this nonsense and get down to silver tax in business what have you to offer who sent you three six nine five or eleven as you can imagine this was perfect jargon to nox and the goat girl but handy mandy convinced by this time that the silver king was both sly and dangerous resolved to fall in with his little supposition and see what would come of it nine sent us she answered boldly while nox looked across at her in perfect stupefaction you don't say i rather thought you came from the munchkin country mused the wizard something in the way the ox talked though you yourself are not a native ozian no handy said noncommittally and rather pleased that she had chosen nine since this number had something to do with the munchkins did nine say anything about the silver hammer asked the king twinkling his eyes at the goat girl he told us nothing stated handy quite truthfully this time that's nine for you fumed the king discontentedly he's the slowest and most unsatisfactory agent i have two years searching for that hammer and no report yet i've a good notion to kick him out and put little king harry back on the throne a bargain's a bargain and i've kept my part besides i've got to have that hammer before i can make myself supreme ruler in oz why it's the second most important magic in the four kingdoms at this surprising statement handy pricked up her ears what did you say about kerry panted nox almost stepping into the quicksilver lake at mention of the little king nothing i was talking about nine scowled the wizard if that fellow does not show some action soon i'll i'll the king clenched his fists and looked so terribly angry that handy was afraid he was going to blow bubbles again 
but instead he glared across the lake and demanded impatiently well if you didn't bring the silver hammer what did you bring a magic flower exclaimed the goat girl hurriedly and before Knox could give away the fact that they did have the silver hammer she could guess from the expression in his eyes that he was about to offer the hammer in exchange for Kerry. a flower bawled what's his face turning from red to purple my caves are full of flowers frosted silver lilies long stemmed sterling roses daisies and violets with jewel centers i can grow any kind of flower i wish how dare you take up my time with a flower pah go back and tell nine you had better look out he's flirting with dismissal and destruction but this flower saves you from injury when you fall stammered handy heartily wishing she had never gotten herself into such a controversy fall sneered the silver king simply bounding off his throne i never fall and had hardly finished speaking before he caught his toe on a jutting amethyst and pitched headlong to the rocks horrified and without waiting for the irate monarch to regain his feet handy and knox began to run toward one of the outgoing corridors the goat girl colliding as she ran with a plump little dignitary in a jeweled robe and high hat your highness your highness puffed the little fat man stopping long enough to glare at handy mandy all our last efforts are to be crowned with success five has but this moment arrived with 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 what demanded the king springing lightly as a cat to his feet with a jug exulted the little fat man tossing his high hat into the air with a jug that was rug and the magic picture of queen ozma herself ah splendid beamed the monarch who could turn his smiles and rages on and off like electric lights that will be a lesson to those emerald cityites then suddenly remembering handy and knox and his undignified fall he shouted shrilly stop those impostors stop them nifflepock and lock them up in the prison pits till i have time to demolish them ha we'll pot the ox's tongue make soup of his tail saddles and boots of his hide and use his head for a hat-rack as for that seven-armed monstrosity she shall work in the polishing caves for the rest of her stupid life i'll polish your nose first promised handy shaking all her fists at the king better come quiet warned nifflepock looking so worried handy felt a little sorry for him what's'll blow bubbles if you make him too mad and that'll be much worse than being locked up you know oh let's go with a little high-hat groaned knox blinking his eyes at handy to remind her they still had his horns and the silver hammer for my part i'd like a little peace and quiet take him away take him away ordered the king stamping up and down his rocky island send in five send in five at once come along then said nifflepock being careful to keep out of the way of knox's horns come give me your hand maiden not that one not that one he howled dismally as the goat girl clasped his outstretched fingers in her iron hand let go let go let's go let's go chuckled handy mandy mischievously and squealing with pain the little minister hurried them down a long dim passageway 
End of chapter 10